0: Why, hello, and welcome. Welcome to the Peer Pressure Podcast. I am Diane, sometimes known as Diane Kamikaze, and I am your host. The reason why I do this podcast is because I like to say I am a champion of heavy music. I've always found my favorite songs since I was a young kid, had riffs, hooks, were either metal, hardcore, hard rock, or punk, or something fairly aggressive in attitude and sound. And I am all about appreciating the people that keep that world going, whether they're musicians, webmasters, other podcasters, record label and festival owners. It's important to me to recognize what these people do in that realm of music. So I am here to bring them to you in a different context, more than a Wikipedia entry or a press release, a little more personal and a lot more fun. I'm a rocker for life, and I hope these episodes do make a difference. Send me feedback at diane at wfmu.org. And my Facebook page is Diane Kamikaze Farris, Rocker for Life. Like my page there, and I will keep everybody updated on podcast episodes in that space. Thanks so much for listening, and stay tuned. It's episode 76. My guest today is Peter Crowley. People call him the man behind the music in the heyday of Max's Kansas City. He was the art director and main booking agent, and without him, many important bands might not have seen the light of day. So let's hear from him. Speaking of Max's Kansas City, I believe I have Peter Crowley on the phone. Is that true, Peter?
1: Yes, indeed. Here I am. Well, hi. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, no jet lag when you come from the south.
0: Oh, right. You're coming up from uh, from Florida. Did you just come up today?
1: Very early this morning, yes.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> thanks for being awake. You've got a long night ahead of you, don't you?
1: It looks like it's going to be a marathon.
0: <laughs> and uh, a handful of days. You are the man who really created the Max's scene.
1: Well, uh, the, the second Max's scene, yes. yes. There There was a scene there. Uh, in the in the late 60s, early 70s, involving you know the Velvet Underground and uh, Stooges and all that sort of thing. Uh, and uh, although I was a customer there, uh, I hadn't uh, begun to work there until 1974.
0: And 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 how is it that you came to work there? Was it a?
1: There was a new owner, and uh, he needed somebody to to do the music and art.
0: So now here you are in in uh, 2012.
1: Uh, miraculously <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel some responsibility to to having reunions and to sort of uh checking in with people from the scene?
1: Well, I I just do it cuz it's kind of fun something to do and um trying to keep Max's in a little bit in the public eye. Yeah, as you know, CBGB uh, gets most of the attention. Yeah. Even though we did you know, similar type
0: of stuff. Well, a lot of the same artists played at both places.
1: Yes, indeed, they did. D-
0: do you have a um, a disastrous show booking story that you'd like to t- to tell the listeners?
1: Well, Sid, <laughs> every everything about the Sid shows <laughs> was a disaster, <laughs>
0: um,
1: and uh, um, well, you, you can hear it on the various bootlegs of uh, Sid Sings at Max's Kansas City.
0: And, and what about your personal dealings with him at that time?
1: Uh, He was completely out of it, and Nancy was a pain in the neck, as the whole world already knows.
0: Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, uh, that's been pretty well documented, I guess.
1: Yes, indeed.
0: (laughs) (laughs) When you put this reunion together, um, how was it tracking people down? Were, Were there people that you really hadn't heard from in a long time, or have you really been in touch with a lot of the core Max's people?
1: Because of Facebook, we're all pretty much uh, in touch with one another, so uh, it wasn't that difficult.
0: Are there any um, success stories from people from the, the Max's alumni that, uh, about people that might have been in bands where they're in a completely different place now?
1: Well, sure. I mean, if you want, you want we can list, you know, the Blondie and um, Talking Heads and uh, mm-hmm. Cheap Trick, and Madonna, and, you know, a whole bunch that are probably not terribly interested in the in in Max's anymore because they went on to have fabulous careers. Yeah. Um, the people I'm putting on uh, this weekend are the people who are, are equally talented to all of those, but who didn't catch a break in the music business, and so um, they're still available to play in a club. Mm-hmm. Um, a-
0: and I guess I was wondering if there was anybody from the scene who's who's end up doing you know something completely different and be, and sort of having their own success in
1: uh, I- in a huge way. I don't, I don't I don't know if that's a offhand. I I can't. <laughs> I know there are cases of people who went on to have very different careers. John Collins, who's on the first Axis um, album, became a botanist. well But the are various other stories like that.
0: How long did it take you to put together this entire
1: event? Uh, I started seriously working on it in September. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's, it's quite an undertaking. There's about 30 bands, and uh, I would say that everybody on this show is a former and worthy of today being a headliner. There's, although somebody has to go on first, there are no opening acts.
0: Four nights of uh-huh. music? Well,
1: four, four early evenings, one late night um, down at Arlene's Grocery on Saturday night, and then Sunday begins in the afternoon at 3 o'clock and, and only goes to uh, around 11. Oh, okay. So you can accommodate people that have to go to work the next day.
0: Oh, good. What was that period of time like for you? You know, I mean, was it... Was it as thrilling as it could have been to look back at, or?
1: Yeah, it was. It was a magical time. I, I'm always hearing from young people that say, "Oh, I was born too late. I wish I had been there." And you can't argue with that because it was an absolute uh, burst of of uh, incredible talent. Um, it wasn't good for everybody. A lot of people got involved in things that they shouldn't have, and you know, a lot of them are. Long Gone uh, left us way too young. But it was a very, very, very exciting time uh, to be around in the New York scene.
0: Could you um, name one of the biggest thrills for you at that time?
1: Uh, Discovering the cramps at a CBGB audition, which they failed, and being able to put them on the stage at Max's after I made them by a tuning machine. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh really <laughs> how, how did they um, How did they take that request To buy a tuning they machine
1: They came right down to the office With a tuning machine in their hand That was that was a sizable investment Then they were 110 1970s style dollars Yeah um, But they were so excruciatingly Out of tune at Stevie There There's no way I was going to let them You know, take the stage at Max's uh, Without being in tune And um, they They uh, Quickly evolved into a wonderful, wonderful band that that's we all know.
0: Oh yeah, well, and, and so when you asked them to, I mean, was it a, was tuning a concept that they were sort of? C- could you get from them that it was more art, or that they really sort of, and that they weren't handling the music end, or that they were just out of tune that night, or?
1: No, I think they're probably always out of tune. But, but um, I, I put it this way: I, when I watched them. Uh, in in, the, in their train wreck of an audition, I, I realized immediately that everything that that they didn't know, uh, you could learn, and everything that they already knew, you could never learn.
0: Ah, so you really saw the performance and the star quality in.
1: Them. I, I I saw that that all they needed was a little, some practice and polish, and they would be one of the the the. Big uh, successes out of out of the New York scene, and indeed they were.
0: Wow. Well, thank you, thank you for actually being able to see that. Especially since they they failed the CBS audition, right? I mean, they might have not ever gone anywhere.
1: Uh, they were they were in fact crying in the dressing room, oh. thinking they would have to go back to Ohio uh, <laughs> as failures. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, no way. Uh, wow. Uh, and of of all the the reason I I love them so much is because. They're one of the few successful bands out of Max's Kansas City that actually said thank you to me in interviews and things like that. Most of them, once they are successful, uh, they forget where they came from. Mm. <laughs> well,
0: that, that, that's kind of sad, but and, and you are still yeah. flying the flag of Max's.
1: And, and what's most sad is that, that so much talent never made it because the music business a whole (laughs) worthless pain in the neck and uh that's 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 the bands that i'm putting on this weekend Is is ones that the only reason you don't know them is because the music business stinks Mm -hmm. i don't mean you personally but people out there that are maybe listening these are bands that are as good as any of the ones famous ones.
0: can i just ask what happened like didn't max's sort of close really quickly
1: Of the owners, mm. uh, as far as I want to go with that. Uh
0: huh. <laughs> okay. And and where did you go after Max is closed?
1: I went to work for a, a booking agency that books studio musicians. So it was just a job. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: I know you're getting everybody together for this uh, reunion for this weekend. What's your overall? I know that you said that they're all great and stuff. Where do you see yourself? And I know that you were the booking agent, but it's just funny, because I keep on going back to, like, you being the um, on the class council in high school, and those are the people that are responsible for the reunions years and years later. Uh-huh. Like, I uh, just got that funny comparison in my head. It just sort of popped up.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's funny, because I'm a high school dropout. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> uh <laughs> I'm a high school escapee, I think, is more like it. Oh, good. Well, I... Yeah, I don't know if it's exactly like that, and it's not the re, the idea the reunion thing maybe maybe a, a little misleading because we certainly want people to come who who never were able to come at the time most you know especially the ones that were who weren't even born or who were two years old or whatever mm-hmm. um, you know they're the they're the people I most want to have show up because they, you know this is their opportunity to catch us while we're still alive.
0: Yeah, and Jane had mentioned that also. Well, thank you for creating the opportunity now and back then. You know when it counted, and when you really gave a lot of the the bands that that were hugely important to New York and to you know to the rock and roll scene at that time. Um, you gave them the opportunity to have an audience and and to get somewhere.
1: And we owe it all to Hilly, and, and, and because, because he wouldn't book wayne county at the time
0: oh really (laughs)
1: so he forced me into the business
0: so was that really your motivation
1: yeah i I had no intention of being a booker um um, i was managing wayne county in 1974-75 um uh, you know after jane uh, parted ways with main man and uh i went down now now jane had already played at cbgb's but i went down there to to get a gig and hilly kept putting me off and then finally i said well i guess i'll have to go find a, a place and i went to mother's over there on 23rd street and did some shows there and then the owner of max's came around and asked me if i would do the uh, the booking and uh, the, um, be an advisor at max's and i said sure and there we are wow
0: well that does make it convenient and now i get it now you said
1: therefore it's all hilly's Doing. <laughs> right,
0: right, exactly, <laughs> and and a lot of it is you're doing too. So,
1: well, well I, I did the best <laughs> I could under the circumstances,
0: and great job.
1: Thank you, thank you. Yeah, appreciate it. I know you've thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity to uh, tell the people what we're doing this week.
0: Yeah, yeah, my pleasure, and uh, I'm glad that you're you are doing it. The shows are at Bowery Electric, and they are Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night.
1: And Sunday afternoon, Sunday afternoon, and they afternoon. all start early. This is very, very. The timing is very unmaxes. These shows are running between six o'clock and ten o'clock at night, um, mm-hmm. and then we have to make way for uh, for for you know, their um, yuppie disco thing that they do to pay the rent.
0: Oh, really? Perfect. And thanks for making time in your schedule, because I know that today is the beginning of uh, well, is the continuation, but the fruition of a whole lot of hard work.
1: Thank you so much for inviting me.
0: Yeah, my pleasure. So Peter Crowley, booking agent, Max's Kansas City then and now. And that concludes another podcast episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. More on the way. I am Diane Kamikaze. Check my Twitter and my Instagram. Handle is one word, Diane Kamikaze. Kamikaze ends with an E. On Facebook, you can find me as Diane Kamikaze Farris rocker for life and making a difference the full link to my uh, index of shows and podcasts is can be found on wfmu.org slash playlists slash dk those are that's a capital d and a capital k for an expanded version with lots and lots of music wise cracks and fun stuff i'm going to be working on encore presentations and i've got years of old interviews and podcasts so if there's something that you'd like to see reposted that you missed please get in touch send me email diane at wfmu.org and be sure to subscribe to the show and if you like it please rate it and review it wow peer pressure thank you see you next time